Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Big Tehillah Community Podcast. I am Ryan Cabrera, your co-host here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. How's Studio B? It was. You know, last week. It's like the Holy of Holies. Last week, right in your chair, I had yeah. Avi Lipkin. Yeah, you did. You know? And so if you haven't watched the Avi Lipkin interview, I encourage you to go watch it. Because we talk about Avi Lipkin, the man myth, the legend. If you don't know Avi Lipkin, uh, you got to go check he's him out. He's got a perspective, yeah. He definitely has a perspective. You know, he's just, he's uh, an Orthodox Jew from the land of Israel, but he loves Christians. And he sees Christians and Jews as uh, allies, as friends, but he's been preaching this message for over 30 years. And so for us, obviously that warms our little hearts over here because we're all about the reconciliation and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. That's right. right. Jews and Christians together. So I think that uh, you should go watch that. Also, I've got some other announcements for you. Um, but before I get to that, if this is your first time here, uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We only put out like one or two videos a week. So if you're on YouTube, this is a great way for you to keep up with what we're doing. Uh, however, if you're on like one of the podcast apps, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. This way that you get our updates every week. We put out a, a study. Listen, we've been in the book of Matthew for over a year. Where else, a year and a half. Yeah, where else are you going to get this in-depth of a study into the book of it's Matthew? It's good. It is really good. And what I, I, uh, I mean, Matthew's the gospel that never ends this time around, you know. But after this is over, because we're in we're chapter 26, there's only 28 chapters. So we've got probably five more episodes. We've got quite a bit. In season five. And then yeah. we're going to be in season six. We got we got quite a bit here. Yeah, and listen, I don't I don't want to let the story you know I don't want to be a uh, what do they call it a a spoiler right Yeah, don't be a spoiler. But Jesus dies at this story. You know what I mean? The main character dies. Right. So this is this is gonna be but there's good news, and you're gonna have to wait to find out what the good news. Is. I know that's true. So, uh, but like I was mentioning, if this is your first time here, make sure you subscribe. But if you want to know who we are, we're Christians with Torah, right? We believe that the Bible, all the way from Genesis to Maps, is relevant for believers today. We did the Torah portions for the last four years. Go back and uh, check those out. We just finished Exodus, and we're entering into the book of Leviticus this week with the Torah portion by Ikra. So if you wanted to hear, hey, I want to know what do these guys think about Leviticus? Well, there's four episodes on Vayikra alone, right? You can listen to the Torah portion by Ikra. Uh, That's true. Go and catch that because we did four years We're ahead of our time. worth of episodes. Christians with Torah. A lot of Christians need Torah. Oh man, man, they I, would, it would change their life. Well, I just uh, I find it so basic. Like so many people within the church are lost trying to find out what does it look like to live a righteous life, right? How do how do I do something for the Lord? And there's so much easy low hanging fruit in the Torah to just say, hey, I'm set apart to God. How can I do that? Well, just go find something from the Torah and do it. You know, and I got the revelation to share with people, you know, and what the Lord showed me. And I believe and I'm, that's what I want to share with people is God rules. Yes. Not God's rules. Amen. So. Because God rules. Let's do it. That's right. So uh, we've got a couple of announcements. Uh, we are entering the Passover season, the season of redemption. Praise God. Uh, Passover is April 5th in the evening. <laughs> and so if you. On Wednesday night. That's right. So I would hope that. All of you 
would say, hey, I want to be part of a Passover Seder this year. Find some people, get them together. If you need resources to have a Passover Seder in your home, we can send them to you. Uh, I have PDF copies of a Christian's Haggadah, which is the Passover Seder booklets that you would be able to print out and pass out to your friends Contact and family. Contact our church. All right. You can call the office at 813-654-2222, or you can email me at ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net, and I will get you what you need to have a Passover Seder. Even recipes. We'll even send you recipes. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. How to make unleavened bread. All right. Other cool things going on just out there in the uh, the world. The Jesus Revolution movie with Jonathan Rumi from The Chosen has been a hit. Yeah. Right. There's been all kinds of talk, controversy. It has been giving a lot of attention to the man, Jesus Christ, which is awesome. It was good. Because if you think about it, that's what we want. We want to, to lift up the Son of Man so every Based man, true story. woman, and child will see him. It's really good. And I believe this same group, uh, Angel Studios, is putting out a new movie about Abraham called His Only Son. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be really good. And it's going to be intense. Yeah. And that's coming up when? The end of March? The end of March. So we're, we're like, well, a week and a half away from it, it coming out. So check that out as well. Now, that's a lot of, like, extra stuff. Season three of The Chosen, yeah. Uh, season three is over, bro. I mean, Not for me. I'm already ready for season four. I'm on episode three. You got to catch up, man. I, I'm enjoying it. Though. I bet. You, you know, if y'all don't know Pastor Nick by now, he likes to savor things. <laughs> I, do. You, I do savor. And, and he likes things to be like proper and in their yes. place. And right. Like, oh, yeah. If you watch him eat, you'll get a, a picture of what yes. his method is in life. Yeah. You know, like the biscuit has to be hot and it needs butter. Well, we, we, go, you know? we do things. <laughs> Just say it. So, uh, awesome. So we're in the Gospel of Matthew still. We're in chapter 26. Last week, or last time we did the Matthew study, we did verses 1 through 19. Today we're doing uh, chapter 26, verses 20 through 35, and we start off with Judah betrays Yeshua. All right, so Matthew 26, verses 20 through 25. Ryan's going to read it. All right, 20 through 25. Nice little insert there. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now, as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, You have said it. Wow. So let's jump right in here. You know, uh, I was just thinking, you know, uh, Satan betrayed God. Mm. I mean, Satan himself. So so there's yep. been betrayal in the family of God yeah, for sure. all along. So it's nothing new. If you stop and think about good versus evil, good wins. Mm -hmm. But uh, getting into this, the word betray is the Greek word paradi. It's uh, paradidomi. Paradidomi, wow. And it means to surrender. I yield up, entrust, transmit, betray, brings forth, cast, commit, deliver up, or deliver, give, or give over, or give up. A hazard, put in prison, recommend. So the word betray is not good. Now we know that Judas Iscariot is the betrayer because the chief priest gave him 30 pieces of silver to betray Yeshua, Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16, okay? So we don't have to go there. But anyway, 
Think about it. The chief priests paid someone to betray someone. What's that called? Bribery? Um, you know, it's funny because this week hush money is a... It's treason? Is I mean, a, what is thing? it? You're going against the ju judicial system. Well... You're trying to betray somebody and you're going to give money for that. They just want to know where he is, right? Because they, they're, they're seeing this as... Interesting. Yeshua is a criminal. We're going to pay you to help us find him. Exactly. So right. he's like a GPS. He's like... A human GPS. He's like a bird dog. You know, he's going to go and point out. Interesting point. But we know they wanted to kill him. Oh, of course. I mean, that's... that's <laughs> Clearly. That's brought out. We can get into that later. Um, Hence, you know, when Judas tries to bring the money back, they don't accept it. The mystery of iniquity. Oh, and they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Guilt trip. And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. Now, a lot of my notes are from the Life Application Bible or the English Standard Version Study Bible. Study Bible, guys. Because they've got some good, good discussion points here. So, the custom was to take a piece of bread or a piece of meat in bread and dip it into a common bowl of sauce on the table. Each of those around the room had done so. Therefore, at this point, the betrayer could have been any of the twelve. The height of disloyalty and betrayal is sharing a meal with a friend before turning on him. Or turning on him and then still going and sharing a meal with him. What does it say that, you know, the Lord <laughs> will prepare a table for my enemies? Keep your friends close. That's Sun Tzu. And your enemies closer. Yeah, that's Sun Tzu, the art of war. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, <clears throat> it's interesting. Hayavel, <clears throat> when you go, because I know you're going to go at some point. Absolutely. There's this giant table for Shabbat, right? So you have these big tables. There's, you know, if we're in Harvest, there's 150 people at the Shabbat, you know. Oh, yeah. Right? Wow. And then Hava Waller, God bless that girl, uh, makes these... And she's, she's a mate. Right. We're, we're going to marry her off at some point, but it, we'll all be mourning when she gets married because she probably <laughs> won't be cooking for us anymore. She'll be cooking uh, for her husband. <laughs> um, but the challah bread that is on the table is fantastic, but then they have tahini, they have olive oil with za'atar, and then they have this other red stuff that I forget the name. It's got tomatoes in it. And let me tell you, all of these sauces are delicious. So we sit there and we dip our bread in these sauces. And let me tell you, there's there's enough bread for everybody. But like if you're a glutton a little bit and you're like desiring more, you may have something left to be desired because like you're trying to go for that bread. But like somebody else is also trying to go for that bread. You know. See, my wife always makes two loaves for my family. Oh, listen, we're with you. And we have some leftover a little bit sometimes. Yeah. It's not long. Yeah, but these dipping sauces, man, I'm telling you. So it's just funny because I was reading. They do have dipping sauces? That's too? what I'm saying. At Hayovel? At, at yeah, so there's olive oil with za'atar, which is a dipping sauce. They've got tahini, which across the, the on the same mountain is the Samaritan village. The Samaritan village produces tahini, and it's the most famous tahini in Israel. Everybody knows about the Samaritan tahini. So you tell them, they're like, oh, did you get that from the Samaritan village? Wow. And then this other red like tomato stuff, which is delicious. It's so good. Interesting. And, yeah, we don't do that. We just do butter. Yeah, same here. We normally just do butter. Uh, we've been doing we olive oil. We probably do that. They'll put some olive oil yeah. out with some crushed red pepper or pepper or whatever. Listen, get yourself some za'atar. Throw some za'atar in there. It's delicious. That's it's what I'm saying. Really good. Yeah. Some za'atar and some salt. That would be a massive oil. table, though. Oh, I don't know. Well, maybe if, if a hava gets... So what was interesting about this, though, is I was wondering... Like, what were the sauces that they were dipping in? Because it's said that sometimes that this is a Passover Seder that they're having right here. But then that, that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense because it was Yeshua crucified on Passover. 
like many believe, or was this a Passover Seder? I don't think it's worth it to get into that, but um, the sauces would depend on whether or not you know this is Passover or not. Or maybe, maybe you know. But you know, I mean, you know, I would stick to the text because here's the thing: we could get into all the speculation. <laughs> but I mean, if he's the lamb, he has to die on Passover. I'm with you. I, I I'm just it. saying. I know that there's some interesting points out there, but but what uh, you're getting to is something that that I didn't put in here. Right. But he could have dipped it in the bitter herbs. Could have been the bitter herbs. Yeah. Exactly. Like like oh well, he dipped it into the bitter herbs because that was one of the things that were required. Right. But like you said, there were other sauces that they could dip the bread in. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I kind of lean towards the bitter herbs. Yeah. That he dipped in the bitter herbs, you know, because it well, represents sin. It definitely adds that little something to the fact that it's bitter. <laughs> And then he's like, whoever dips his hand in the bitter herbs dish with me, you know. And then in, in the other uh, in the other gospels, it says that he dips it and hands it to to Judas. Right. So they, it's not that they both dip at the same time in the same dish, right? It's that they that Yeshua dips it like as he's saying it and hands it to Judas. <clears throat> you know, well, we're going to talk about this almost like he's calling on, him out on the second page. I, I just remembered something. Something's right. very interesting about this particular. Passover that's personal. I'm hungry. Um, yeah. So the Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. So I brought out a point here that I want to bring out that's very interesting. It goes back to the time of King David and one of his counselors. Ahithophel was one of King David's greatest counselors who betrayed him to become Absalom's counselor. You can find this in 2 Samuel 15, 12, and of course 2 Samuel 16, 23. The reference is also found in uh, Psalm 41, verse 9, and Psalm 55, verses 12 through 14. So this is what it says in Psalm 41, 9. Here's David's psalm. Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Psalm 55, verses 12 through 14. For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Wow. Goes on to say in Matthew 26, 25, then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Boy, thou hast said. You said it, not me. You know, um, isn't that what Jesus said to Pilate? Are you the king of the Jews? You right. have said it. You've said it. So in regards to the food that is dipped being an indicator of the betrayer, it says in John 13, 26, Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop, a morsel, mm. When I have dipped it, and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. There you go. So that scripture interprets scripture. Yep. You know. So you got the four gospels, and there you have it. And like I said, if you go back and look at Ahithophel, uh, I think he had some kind of relationship with Bathsheba. I'm not sure if he was the uncle or something. I don't know. But there was something about Ahithophel that was very interesting, being one of David's counselors. And of course, he actually went out, and uh, we can talk about this later, but Ahithophel actually got his affairs in order and hung himself just like Judas because Ahithophel's counsel wasn't taken by Absalom. So he hung himself. So he's like, wow, I chose the wrong guy. 
So this is this is the only example that you have of, of, of somebody being close to someone hanging themselves out of a and betraying them. Betraying, yeah. So betraying is betraying, you know. So it's, it's it's not good. It says in verse twenty four, the Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. I find this very interesting because I look at uh, examples throughout Scripture where God uses either a nation or a person to judge somebody else or another nation. But then because that person, what they're doing is a sin, they still get judged as well. So in other words, somebody had to betray Yeshua into the hands of the Pharisees and the Romans. Somebody had to do it. And so God obviously allowed this to happen and either hardened Judas' heart or something along those lines to, to, to make this instance occur. Right. But yet, because Judas went through with it, knowing that he shouldn't have, betraying Yeshua in such a, you know awful way, setting him up to be crucified, which is obviously gruesome and terrible, he still receives the punishment, right? He says it'd be better if the guy wasn't even born. Yikes, that's, that's a, a rough uh, sentence if you think about it. Because you know, what, what is it that you just would rather not even be alive at all? You know, you know that's a good point. Because here's the thing, though, Ryan. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. You know, they say there's a gospel of Judas. And he was, he was the... He, I don't know who they are, but... Well, what I'm saying, there's, there's the Judas gospel. Yeah, yeah. The gospel there's there's just something like a That he was enlightened and the other disciples were not. Correct. So he had to do all of this because he was the enlightened one. Yeah. But, you know, like I said... Which, you know, that's an interesting perspective. And, you know, obviously we don't think that Judas actually... But it doesn't actually, work when you got the prophecies of a betrayer. No, of course. Well, we don't... We don't well, and that's another thing. You know, when things happen in the natural, we think we're so wise that we understand how and why things happen. But then when you go and you find prophecies where this has been already there, that this is prophesied. Like, I mean, Yeshua has literally been saying, this is what's going to happen. And the, and the disciples are like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, like, you know, not really receiving the message for its fullness and understanding. But he, he... He prophesies that he'll be killed, he'll be, he'll be betrayed. He prophesies that he'll be given over to the authorities. He prophesies that he'll be he'll be killed, uh, crucified, and that he'll rise again. So he, when, that's true. So, yeah. So he did prophesy that. Right. So then he, the, all these prophecies. So then the question: and Who would do it? Exactly. Wow. So then the question begs: If things are happening exactly the way that he said that they would happen, why wouldn't they continue to happen the way that he said? And that, that makes the whole idea of like the fear and the dread and being upset um, strange. Because it's like, wait, he said these things were going to happen, then they start happening exactly the way that he said they would happen, but yet here we are, I, I don't know. terrified. You know, I, I, want, I want to do a plug here. Alright, plug it. Dr. Michael Heiser went to be with the Lord. Yeah. And how sad it is because he lives in Jacksonville and I wanted to have him at our church. Just love the man. He changed my life. And he has a book, you know, what does God want? Mm -hmm. I highly recommend that you get a book. It's probably one of the top five books that I've ever read. I'd put it in the top five. Yeah, there's like 18 books in the top five, by the way. There are not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I can tell you what's good. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have the bait of Satan. You don't have to tell. Undercover. Uh -huh. Okay. What Does God Want, Unseen Realm, Tale of Three Kings. Th those are five right there. Mm -hmm. But but I want to say this because, you know, God wants a family. He wants us to participate. 
but do it of your own free will. Yeah. And I was just thinking about, he loves the cherubim. He loves the angels. He created the angels to be his family. That's right. And they rebelled. You know, there was Satan. He was like Michael the Archangel. He was the big hit honcho, the big kahuna. Can you believe that? And now he lost his position. So you can see how powerful Lucifer or Satan really oh, was. Oh, how and he calls him, fallen. he calls him his son. But he calls all of the Elohim his sons. But there's no redemption for the fallen angels. So that's the mystery of iniquity, even to angelic beings. They're not human. That's why they're when, angelic. That's why when people try to say that the Nephilim are not the product of the angels and women, it doesn't make any sense because God calls the Elohim his sons right. throughout Scripture. And then when it says the sons of God and the daughters of men. And, you know, and Yeshua makes mention of, you know, angels are not given into marriage. And that's true. But they left their first estate. They did. So there's a lot of mystery going on in the divine Remember, realm. Remember, angels in the kingdom, realm. they left the kingdom, right? They're in the outskirts. But I, I'm going to tell you something, though, right now. You know, I, I believe that the, the more betrayal we see, the closer we are to the Messiah. Mm -hmm. That's what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. The Republican Party betrays one another. Oh, the yeah. Democratic Party betrays one another. Churches betray one another. Staff betray one another. There's betrayal everywhere. Yeah. Our families are betraying one another. Yeah. siblings, parents, daughter-in-laws, mother-in-laws, father. There's betrayal. And and we have to really say I'm not going to be a part of that. Yeah. I'm not going to be in that environment. You know, I'm going to I'm going to be a peacemaker, a bridge builder, whatever, but I'm not going to be a part. Of it. But this is the mystery of iniquity here though. And this is why it's very interesting that this would play out. And, and you know, and of course Jesus knew. Yeah. You know, he picked his disciples. And we're going to this is a continuing theme throughout today's study. Right. About how Jesus knows and prophesies it ahead of time. So we got to move on. So we're going to get into now, because it's all going to be very interesting. That's enough of Judas, right? That is enough. I mean, I'm about done with him. Uh, the Lord's Supper. I'm going to read Matthew 26, verses 26 through 30. All right. I'm going to turn it over to Ryan in the Lord's Supper. Uh, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Mm. It's all yours now, buddy. All right. So as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. So in John 6.33, it says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So this is obviously a comparison to the manna because manna was the bread, right? It was given from heaven. And people didn't understand the manna. They were confused by the manna. They had too much of the manna. You know what I mean? There's all these things around the manna that you can... He is the bread that came down from heaven. You can relate it to Yeshua and how, you know, Yeshua comes from heaven, you know, and how he, uh, people were tired of him, right? You ever heard somebody's like, oh, you talk about Jesus all the time. I'm so tired of Jesus, 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 you know? And it's like, don't be like that, you know? Like, give thanks to oh, God I for, I, so I'm saying, for, for what he's done for you. Because you literally wouldn't be living to complain at all if it weren't for the fact that Yeshua gave his life for you. And the fact that he didn't judge the world when he was here. So um, these words describing Jesus' actions are, are the same ones used in the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew 14, 19. Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples. Several names are used to describe this sacrament, this sacrament of, you know, the breaking of the bread. 
Uh, each one brings out a different dimension. Uh, it's the Lord's Supper, right, called the Lord's Supper because it commemorates the Passover meal Jesus ate with his disciples. It is uh, also called the Eucharist, which means Thanksgiving, because in it we thank God for Jesus' work for us, right? We're thankful for, for what he did. It's also called communion. It's called communion because through it we commune with God and with other believers, and the bread also represents his body, which was pretty powerful. broken for There's us. There's a lot of stuff in that little commentary. You know, i got to get you to watch this thing. I watched this uh, video from, gosh, I want to say that it was, uh, I want to say it's a Messianic group. I can't remember if it's one for Israel Ministries or one of the you know Messianic evangelistic groups that are in Israel. So I know that for sure. I don't remember exactly who the guys were in the video. Um, very scholarly guys. It was kind of elementary when it comes to the things that we already know about the Passover and comparing them to Yeshua. But one of the points that they brought out was that the Passover Seder itself, that there's many scholars, even secular ones, that believe that the Passover Seder was originally a tradition of the followers of Yeshua, that it comes out of a messianic followers of the way, so to speak, style of worship. Like you think about the Afikomen. Why would Orthodox Judaism have something like the afikoman, that which comes later, which that's what afikoman means, it means that which comes later, that you put three pieces of matzah in a cloth, right? And then the middle one gets broken, wrapped in a burial shroud, gets buried, so to speak, and then... The, so you don't think the Orthodox discovered that first? I'm not, listen, I'm not saying what I think. I'm telling you what was brought out in this. I thought it was a very interesting point they brought out. That there's, but why are the Jews doing it today? Exactly right. So the you question think they borrowed it from the New Testament and changed some of it, right? That's interesting. Where, and, where did it come from? Exactly. Where does it come from? We don't know. The answer no, is we don't no. know. It's a good point though. But it but the way that so many of the illusions like any Christian that were to go to an Orthodox home, maybe despite all of the Yiddish and Hebrew words that are right. used, but if everything was in English and they were to sit through a Passover Seder in an Orthodox home, your basic Christian would be like, Wow, this is all about Jesus. They'd be like, this is Yeshua in this all the way. The Afikomen, the cups. I mean, there's so much in there. Elijah, right? We're waiting for Elijah to come and prepare the way. So many things and traditions that are built into the Passover Seder that you'd be like, wow, this is very messianic. Very messianic. But, you know, that's a good point if they make that point. Only because can't you go back and study Judaism? Sure. But if you can go back before 33 A.D., well, that's the question. They and don't find the satyrs. So then there's got to be documentation. Th and this is part of. The, I'm just saying, right? This is part of the problem with traditions. Like, there's even traditions that you know people associate with, let's say, two thousand, three thousand years ago, that really started in say the 1500s, which was like the European heyday for Jewry, right? So, which created the uh, Ashkenazi Hasidic right. uh, traditions. And so there's a lot of those things that are, are, are associated with that time period that really – or that are associated with late earlier time periods that really come from that time period. So you, you, you do have some confusion there. So that's some good Seder. However, comments. the Seder they think goes back way back. I mean there's always been right. a Seder. Um, it's the traditions within the Seder that I'm referring to because ever since there was a Passover in the book of Exodus, there's been a family Passover right. after that because it's yeah. commanded feast. Well, we know that Yeshua is the lamb. Oh, absolutely. he's the body, right? You got to have the body, right? So he gave up his body. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It could make sense that it is completely orthodox, right? That it wasn't from a early messianic group that was changed a little bit over the years. 
it could have been completely orthodox and that because God and Yeshua, I mean, this is all That's goes together, point. that it, it doesn't, it's I not think, a coincidence that it all. I personally don't Yeshua. believe there's a bad Seder anywhere. Oh no. I think all Seders would be good. Go, listen, Whether you're coming out of Egypt in Judaism yeah. or, or you're, you're coming out of Egypt and you have Yeshua at the last supper, there's not a bad Seder. So yeah. my no. thing is, it's the body and the blood. While we're on the topic of Seders. Uh, and Seder I, means order. Right. I already mentioned that people should go and do a Seder. I also think you should take your children with you if you have children to, to experience a Seder. Because, again, the God gives us, through the feast days, through his appointed times, object lessons. Things that take things from your brain and understanding something in an abstract, academic way and gets it down into your heart and puts it into action. Because it's such an, again, it's low-hanging fruit way to A, keep the commandments, B, separate yourself unto God, to add some holiness to your life, right? This right. is something that he said to do. And you may not think it sounds that holy, but this is a way of getting closer to the Lord. I think so, because you're doing it his way. You're doing it his way. Praise you're, God. And, and here's the thing. If, if we were born for such a time as this, it's 2023. I'm 55, okay? Yeah. Here we are, 2023. We, we, we're, we're born again. Okay, we've accepted Christ, we've accepted Yeshua, we, we confess with the mouth, believe in the heart that God raised from the dead, we shall be saved. We're baptized in water, uh, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have Torah in our minds and our hearts. God is looking down at a different breed of humans right now. He's like, you know what? Yeah. Look at these humans down here, these homo sapiens that I created are fulfilling this redemptive plan at this part of the redemptive plan. Yeah. Now the Torah is the one uh, that comes into question. You know, I, I would say this, if there's so much lawlessness, why wouldn't you want to be lawful? Okay. Take the Torah and make it to be what you want it to be inside of the Torah and the teachings and instructions, yeah. but don't throw it away. Don't criticize it because God is sending us this Torah like a lifeline to yeah. say, this is going to guide you, help you, you know, it doesn't save you, right? but it guides you. I mean, well, and, and the parallels yeah. are just... You not only find Yeshua in the Torah, oh yeah, but you find the way to live for God and, and treat others. Not only that, so many times when I have a conversation with, say, our mainstream Christian friends that are talking about Torah or the law or whatever, because of a misunderstanding of Paul's letters and just bad doctrine that has come out of the church. I think the Christian commentary towards Paul is, is atrocious. Yes. <laughs> See, I was trying to be nice, you know, but it's, it's pretty you know, bad. Just like the one where, you know, the Apostle Paul kept everything because he was Jewish, but we as Gentiles don't need to do the things that he was yeah. doing. Well, then what kind, of a, what kind of apostle is he then? Aren't you supposed to emulate the apostle and he's the teacher? That makes no flippant sense whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't either. make sense. Now, listen, I'm going to keep the Sabbath. You guys go do something else. Yeah, go have so fun, I'm, you know. I'm going to not eat unclean <laughs> meat. You eat all the pepperoni pizza you want. Okay, yeah. Go for it, right? Because you're... you're Goyim. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not going to do that because I'm the tribe of Benjamin. I don't believe it. Yeah. You're going to want to do what he's doing. Not only does it not make any sense. I know. This is... But like, let's let's just take a step Here back we go, the rabbit trails. and understand that people put law and grace opposed to each other. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I rack my brain and I'm like, wait a second. So people are associating law with punishment. Right? But law is there to protect all of us, speeding limits, all these things. You know what I mean? Law and grace are not opposed to each other. The law that God gave us, his teachings and instructions, his Torah, is a father's instructions to his children. Right. It is the gift of grace right. to his children. Right. 
That is God's grace. His instructions are his grace. Bad fathers don't instruct their children. They're like, do whatever you want. I don't care. They're apathetic. And look what kind of home life there is. But God is a good father. So what does he do? He instructs his children. And you know what? He puts borders. He puts limits, right? He gives them instruction, boundaries. And there's much freedom within those boundaries. It's just like, I just, I had struggle. All right. We just all have to make better choices, Ryan. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. We have to fill ourselves up with the things of God and his spirit. And we have to make better choices. That's all I can say. Theory. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's keep and, going uh, to number six. You're on number six. I now. Am. We've got the body. Now we're going to get into the blood. That's right. So verses uh, 27 through 29, it says, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So here we go. The body and the blood. Real simple. Real simple. So how does Jesus' blood relate to the New Covenant or the New Testament? So people under the Old Covenant, those who lived before Jesus, could approach God only through a priest and the blood of an animal sacrifice. Now all people can come directly to God through faith because Jesus' death has made us acceptable in God's eyes. And that's found in Romans 3, 21 through 26, the example. So yeah, that's pretty cool. It is cool. I mean, that's real simple. What a gift. I know. What a gift. Can you imagine how many animals I would need for my family? So in other words... all my sins and my kids' sins. I could wipe out a zoo in a week. (laughs) (laughs) There would be no animals. Listen, what you really meant to say was a farm. Farm, yeah. You're not going to go to a zoo and be able to sacrifice any of those animals. Well, they got some clean animals there, don't they? No, did anybody ever sacrifice a giraffe? No. Because, you know, they say a giraffe is clean meat. I told you to choose the cud. I know. I have to look into that. It's a split up. So let's talk about the blood. You think that one slipped through the cracks? Like, whoops, we didn't mean to let that one in. Okay, that giraffe, they get 18 feet tall. That could feed a lot of people. Ah, yeah. Put that thing on the table, the neck. (laughs) We saw 18 foot giraffe at Lawrence Park Zoo. Good heavens. I mean, that was a beast. I was looking at things like, boy, that could could feed my family. You ever fed a giraffe? I think I have. Yeah, yeah. You're like a head of lettuce or whatever. Yeah. You're sorry, with a big tongue. Yeah. Yep. You know, coming at you. It's pretty intense. Oh, have you ever seen the video of the giraffes attacking each other? Like fighting? Yes, we're hitting their necks on each other. We're totally offline now. Oh, good Lord, Lord help us. It's all good. Praise God. I know. So, uh, all right. So we're, the next verse I'm going to read is from Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. And... This is one of those things where whenever you want to uh, understand why is it that what's the what's a big dividing line between Christianity and Judaism, this is where you'll find it. And it's weird because it comes from the Torah. So it's like you would think that this would be like them yelling at us, telling us you have to have blood for the sacrifice, you know, but here we go. So Leviticus 17, 11 says this for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. Now, my thought on this, and then you can interject. Please, please. This is my thought. Think. Leviticus is my favorite book. Oh, I know. And we're going to be hitting Leviticus. Yeah. The spirit of Leviticus is upon me. It, it's like whispering, like, remember me, your favorite book. Yeah. Oh, Leviticus, come. Yeah, I yeah. love you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've been distracted. You haven't been I have. Yeah. Don't worry. It's coming. It's coming. I mean, you're already, two, you're already two, three days in now with your daily bread. Oh, it's been beautiful. I, I see good stuff, you know. Yeah. So so the thing about Leviticus is it's broken up into two parts. Chapters 1 through uh, 
actually chapters 1 through 17, is the way to God. Now notice it's chapter 17. Mm -hmm. So you have to have blood to yeah. come to the Lord. Chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. So that's where the feasts start. Dietary laws, Leviticus 11. Don't eat pepperoni pizza. Where's your blood? Where's your sacrifice? So I just want to interject. Can I have turkey pepperoni pizza? And it's interesting too, because notice when you transition from making your way to God to walking with God, chapter 18, it's about hidden sins. So we can't have hidden sins before we walk with God. We've got to get help. We've got to deal with it, and we've got to cut it off, man. Cut well, it, it off. It's the first thing. It's funny because somehow you don't get rid of them in the 1 through 17. So in 18, when it brings it up, it's like, hey, the people of God are going to be dealing with these things because they're not public. We're so close to, to some great things with the Lord. I'm just saying, from my own personal experience, I've had habitual sin in my life, yeah. but I've gotten it out. Mm -hmm. Now, not to say I can't stumble right. over that. But I can honestly say in my testimony, I do not have habitual sin. See, I'm still... I deal with it, and I, I'm done. I said, no, I'm getting that out. I'm not going to do that, you know? And uh, and I've been doing great, you know? The, the joke about the Twinkies and all that stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. But For I, me, it's oatmeal cream pies. You know, and they're so spongy and good, you know? And Micah just gets a kick out of that. He keeps laughing about that. But it's so spongy and good. But I don't want to get off the, uh, the, 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 the seriousness of the body. Our Passover conversation includes Twinkies because they're so spicy. God wants us to be joyous and happy. But why don't you continue on and see the, what's the cross-reference for Leviticus 17.11? Oh, man, I've just lost so much stuff. Like, you know, as you were talking. I'm just thinking. You know, I had so many good things brought up about, like, what you were saying. And then you mentioned Twinkies. And I went to oatmeal cream pies. And now everything I had just got washed away. It's just gone. Scott, so we're just going to go to the next point. The spirit of Little Debbie is bad, too. <laughs> I had Little Debbie in my life. Yeah, because Twinkies she are hostess, right? Yeah, she had to go. Yeah, Twinkies are hostess. She had to go. The hostess with the mostest. All right, so Hebrews 9.22 is the cross-reference for 17.11. This is the New Testament confirmation. Uh, you know, the writer of Hebrews here is talking to the Hebrews, and he's making a statement that the Hebrews would be like, oh, yeah, duh. Just a, a, like as a passerby as part of his other points. And it right. says this. And it says, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. Remission of what? Sin. Right? Blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. That's right. And then 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says this. Um, I love it because, you know, Peter, he really says some good things in his two little, little snippets that he gets, you know? Oh, he ain't playing. No, Peter's not playing. So he says, awesome. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible, thing, corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You know, I always say it to myself, I was bought with a price. I was bought with a price. You know, uh, when you look at the Last Supper, I heard this old <coughs> minister, he was in his 80s, and he's like, he was saying to, to, to all of us, who I think he was 88 years old, Brother Vanderberg. He said, you know, God can only use broken things. Huh. It was a great message. I mean, I got it on cassette. I got it. If I find it, I'm going to put it on a CD. It was so good. I mean, I was enthralled. A young man hearing this guy, 88 years old, yeah. and, and, he, and he showed me communion in a way that just changed my life. He said, you know, like Yeshua took the bread, broke it, and gave it. He says, that's what he wants to do with you. He wants to take you. He wants to break you. And he wants to give you. And so I thought, wow, that's powerful. It is true. So the more you're broken, the more he can use you. And it's funny, like the other example I've heard that goes along the lines with that is a broken vessel. That you shatter a vessel, and even if you were to put all the pieces back together, if you stick a light inside of it, it's still going to be shining through. right? Yeah. And so that's what it is. 
He shines through our brokenness. Earthen vessels. That's right. That's cool. right. So, what else do we have here? Well, I was thinking about the body and the blood, and how the body is the bread, and the blood is the wine, and the life of the flesh, the bread, is in the the, the wine, right? So right. you mix the two together, and that's you get a, a complete sacrifice. Very interesting. Yeah. And God created all of this for us, right? To go back to Him, right? Wow. Now, over the years, Pastor Nick has done a teaching called the Four Passovers. And I really encourage you that you go back and you can search on our YouTube channel, The Four Passovers, and you can find a message by Pastor David talks about this. I'm going to give you just a brief overview of them uh, because we don't have time. That's right. But it says we can find four Passovers in the story of God's redemptive plan. And the first Passover is the family Passover. This is found in Exodus 12. This is the first Passover where the children of Israel are leaving Egypt. The family Passover. The second Passover is the congregational Passover. This is the, the decree that is given forth for the Israelites going forward and for all of us that partake in the covenant to continue to keep the Passover. And that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 1. So families become congregations. That's correct. So then number three is the personal Passover. This is found in Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29, which we are reading today. And this is when Yeshua institutes the communion. And this is an individual salvation where you receive the blood atonement that Yeshua gives for us. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembering his death, not his resurrection, his death. Remember my death. And then it says the kingdom Passover. This is found in Revelation 19, 7 through 9, when the Passover is in the future. And uh, this will be the kingdom Passover where we'll be celebrating what has been done for us. Oh, yeah, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So according to tradition, when a young Hebrew man and woman were to be betrothed, the groom poured wine into his cup and invited the woman to drink from it. It was to her, it, it was, was up, to, to, her, it was up yeah. to her, if she chose to drink from it, it was up to her if she chose to drink from it. If she drank, it would be that they were betrothed. If she didn't, no marriage would take place. Wow. They all drank from the cup. Yeah, so... Uh, I think it's probably very rare that they don't drink because why would you get to that point and drink, you know, and not do it. So discuss why the renewed covenant with Yeshua is so great and what taking communion, the bread and the wine, means to you personally. I would like to say that we don't have to have animal sacrifices anymore. It's, it's, it's a progressive revelation. Now we accept the Son of God, God himself, and it makes it so much easier and better uh, to be able to do that instead of the blood of uh, bulls and goats, I'm an I'm a pacifist at heart. I mean, I don't like conflict. I don't like trouble. You know, but like like I said, you actually lay your hands on the animal to transfer your sins. You know, even in the uh, burnt offering, you know, you laid your hands on the animal's head and transferred your sins upon it because the blood was going to be shed. So how sad is that for Peter? <laughs> How sad is that for those organizations that, people that eating love tasty animals, animals? That these people love animals. Yeah. People eating tasty animals. So, you know, this is very interesting how God works, you know. And you know what's funny is we want to play God. Mm. Like, well, you know, why would God allow this? Or why would a good God allow that? Well, we're not God. He is sovereign. He's allowing all of us to play out like chess pieces. And we need to participate. We didn't ask to be here. I heard that in a line one time in a movie. I didn't ask to be here. 
think about it, Ryan. Did you ask to be here? Uh, I didn't ask to be here. No, but, but I'm glad I am. But now that I'm here, what does God want? Right. Think about it. What does God want from me? And, and you know, that's what I love about King David. He was not an idolater. No. Now, he had moral failure. Oh, yeah. And he stumbled and he fell. But I tell you, God used him. He was a man after God's own heart. But boy, he did love the women. You know, I look at the sacrificial system, and the thing that helps me understand it is that we live in a fallen, broken world, and that because of sin, there is death. And so when we see death as the wage of sin, the sacrificial system is a visual representation where you can't escape it. When you take that animal and you watch them slit its throat and the blood gets spilled because of your sin, and it doesn't always have to be that way. It could be other things, right? peace offerings and all that. There's five offerings in Leviticus, which we can get into, which we did get into if you want to go watch or listen to right, yeah. um, our podcast from, from Leviticus. But point being that the life of the flesh is in the blood and it is the loss of life. It is the death that is the visual understanding, the understanding for the for human race to see the blood spilling, that that could be us, that should be us because right. of our sin. That's good. And that God has made a way for us. That's good. And that Yeshua came and gave his own blood for right. us, right? And of course, to do this in remembrance of him is so much easier. Well, that's also... so. You don't need all the priests. You don't need the temple. Correct. You have your, your home, your, your right. church, and you can receive communion. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance yeah. of me. So, number seven. so what did Yeshua and his disciples do after they sang a hymn? They went out into the Mount of Olives. You know, and you're, you have your little... I see that you have the typo, you know, circled yeah. there. This is actually just a New Jersey accent. They went to the Mount of Olives. <laughs> Olives. Yeah, I'm going to So anyway. Um, All right, so uh, I think it's your turn. Yeah. Matthew chapter 26, verses 31 through 35. I think I read, right? No, you got to read. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. This is, we've talked about betrayal with Judas. We've talked mm-hmm. about the Last Supper. Now we get to denial. It's like a bad sandwich. Betrayal and denial in the middle of the Lord's Supper. He's the meat. He's the goodness of everything, and we betray him, and we deny him. Who wants to do that? Oh, I, I just saw that. It's yeah. awful. On both sides, you know. Oh, Judas, Peter, well, you know. Jesus did, you know. I know, that's good. All right. 31 through 35. So then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if you are made to stumble, because even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Wow. wow. Like I said, we're getting into denial now. And of course, you were reading out of the New King James. I was. But the, the word is offended. It's quite extensive here. Then saith Jesus unto them, to all the disciples, All you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Okay. Uh, the word offended is a Greek word, scandalizo. And it means to entrap, i.e. trip up, figuratively stumble, Transitively, or enticed to sin, apostasy, or displeasure, to make, to offend. Now, this same word, offend, can be found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, in the Olivet Discourse, where it says, Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. 
Mm-hmm. So what you do with the offense dictates your future, mm-hmm. decides your future. Mm-hmm. Many will be offended. Many. Now, do you want that to turn into Judas and then hate? Because that word betray is the same word used for Judas. Yeah, It's to know someone, be friends with someone, and then you end up being offended, offended with them, and then you end up betraying them, and then you end up, of course, hating them. Ugh. So there's three steps. So if you don't deal with the offense, you're going to go into betrayal and then hate. So not just Peter, because huh. it says here, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. So there's that word offended again. Yeshua says, all you will be offended. Then he says, oh, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. So there's three offended right there. Not just Peter, but all the disciples will forsake Jesus and run. That gets into verse 56 of the chapter later. They will not cease being his disciples, but they will fail to stand with him in the face of persecution. It's only fitting that he would lose everybody because he is God. He made us, we messed up. He gave us a way out. He didn't need them. He wanted them. He needed them for prayer and support because he was human. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. The human anguish, the, the mental anguish that he went through in the garden. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. But the prophecy of the sheep being scattered can be found in Zechariah 13, verse 7. And this is powerful. Uh, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn my hand upon the little ones. Wow. That's actually a prophecy. You know, that's why the devil could not understand what was going on here. Because these prophecies are like a mosaic. I mean, the book of Zechariah is the bridge to Revelation. Because it's Daniel. Study Daniel, the prophecy. It's like the bones of prophecy, the skeleton. And then Zechariah is the bridge to Revelation. So, so when Jesus mentions about going before the disciples into Galilee after he has risen is the simple fact that he will graciously restore the disciples back to fellowship with himself following their failure to stand in Matthew 26, 32. That's grace. And that's what that So is. he's like saying something in advance. Knowing then, what they'll do ahead of time. And that's a prophecy. So geographically speaking, right. he showed up, right? Remember the fish fry. Oh, yeah. So uh, in Matthew chapter 26, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. So all the disciples declared that they would die before denying Jesus. A few hours later, however, they all scattered. Talk is cheap. We can easily affirm our devotion to Jesus, but our claims are meaningful only when they are tested in the crucible of adversity. How strong is your faith? Is it strong enough to stand up under intense trial? See, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of being grafted in. I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed to be Israel. I'm not ashamed to have Jewish friends that don't know Jesus. I'm not ashamed of any of it. Matter of fact, you know, uh, you know, I've had... People send me an email saying we can no longer attend Bake to Healer because you have given the pulpit to a Jew that doesn't believe in Jesus. And I just responded, we're going to miss you. Because that's the way it is. So this is powerful, you know. Who are we going to stand up for? Who are we going to stand up for, you know? Um, I've run into situations where people don't like certain ministers or ministries, but I respect them and I have a personal uh, uh, 
you know, favor towards them or something. So I watch people in their immaturity and in their cruelty or whatever it is. I don't think God has, has, has called us to do that or be that. So, so we don't want to deny one another. You know, yesterday was the beginning of spring. Tomorrow is a biblical new year, and it's going to be Ramadan. But we need to really ask ourselves, do we want to betray and deny at this, at this hour, at this time? Do we really want to mess up? Someone comes to us and engages us in a bad, unfruitful way. How are we going to respond is, is what I want to challenge everyone that's watching this or listening to this to do. Because we can't exchange evil for evil. If you lay low and you pray for your divine appointments and you lay low and you really press in because it's going to be Nissan 1 tomorrow night, then you're going to be in a good place because you don't want the enemy to rob you of, of, of being a betrayer, a denier, or being offended. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they did that. Well, they did. And now what are you going to do with it? You know, That's why for me, I always go to the person. I've had people come to me just a couple weeks ago you know, if I've done anything to offend you or, or cause you grief or, or if I hurt you, I, I ask for your forgiveness. And, uh, and I you gave them a list? No, I just looked at them and I said, you know, I really appreciate that and your sincerity and your honesty, but I want you to know that I, I haven't even thought about you in that way at all, that you said something or did something wrong to me. Like, why? What did you do? Because I know I didn't want to go there. But I said, but if, you, but, but if I was offended, I would go to you. So I well, you know, I don't know if I'm offended yet. Don't. You know, the thing about it, though, is, you know, you can, you can be betrayed, but it doesn't mean you have to trust them. Trust has to be reevaluated. You have to earn back that trust. Right. And I think that you can in any case or any situation. You know, uh, it, it's been very, uh, you know, interesting uh, that, you know, that I've had some situations where, you know, Basically, somebody needed a reference that worked here or was on staff or, or maybe they were a part of this church. And, um, and and we did leave on good terms, but I wouldn't have to necessarily give, you know, as a resume, what, I, what, what would I do in that regard? You know, yeah. I had a situation where I had to stop and think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll give them a recommendation. Yeah because of their honesty and because it, it didn't work out here, but that doesn't mean I should hold that against them. Sure. You know, matter of fact, it's, it's almost like, you know, when people have left here and come back and they're, they're very apologetic and everything, you know, and they leave again and they leave again. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I tell them, listen, you're welcome to come here as long as you yeah, behave you and behave be yourself. respectful. You know, we've always been like that. And I love that part of it. You know, I, I don't sit back and think, gosh, you know, because, you know, we, we've had to have just a few people leave the church. But other than that, we're not into that excommunication. Well, and, and what's funny about uh, the Hebrew roots in general is it attracts the fruits, flakes, and nuts. And the middle one is the flakes. They're flaky. You know, it is what it is. Well, you turn a light on and the bugs come. Yep. <laughs> turn a light on. Here they go. Uh, oy yeah. vey. <laughs> fruits, flakes, and nuts, yeah. Like a bowl of syrup. It's funny, you know, because because if you know if Ryan's out there, and for those of you that are listening and watching, read the book of Hosea, and and I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go back over that again and look at the sins, and take a little little red highlighter or something and just underline it and look and see. Man, we're still doing these things, it's rough, yeah. you know. And that judgment, that punishment was rough. You know, people don't understand how bad it was. It says your little ones will be dashed to pieces. You know, that means swords and cut up by the Assyrians. Because of what Ephraim did, they they uh, you know they broke covenant and all that, and there is a sword in the land. You know, 
Yeah. So uh, what do you got for me? So what two points did you get from Matthew chapter 26, verses 20 through 35? Yeah, I didn't really think about this, but I'll tell you, um, I would have to combine the first one with, you know, don't betray or deny the Lord mm. or one another. Mm -hmm. I would say that. Agreed. Don't, don't deny or don't betray or deny the Lord or one another. I would say that for number one. Number two, I would say uh, we take communion once a year, but I think you can do communion more than once a year. But reflect on, on taking communion more than just at the church, mm -hmm. but in your home life, at home, in your personal life. And really reflect on that and, and let God do something because I know that there's even healing in communion. Mm -hmm. There's healing with one another, with the Lord. When we take communion, uh, there's healing. I think Peter Stone came out with a book about there's healing in communion. I haven't read it, but it looks like an interesting resource uh, to do that, to do that in remembrance of him. So those are my two things uh, in this particular uh, three subject matters of, of Judas and the Last Supper and then, of course, Peter. Sure. So my two... I've got to. It's, uh, my first one is Yeshua is our atonement today. So one of the things about uh, what we have going on is that Yeshua is our high priest. He's also our sacrifice, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. He is in the heavenly tabernacle right now making atonement for us, which is why even though we die in this life, we do not die the second death. Because we have put our hands, right? We put our faith, our trust in that sacrifice, just like you said, and our sins transfer because of our, our receiving of that sacrifice. Um, and so that's happening even right now for you. So just, it's kind of weighty when you think about it, like, wow, he's there right now, like even interceding on my behalf, you know? Because there's an accuser of the brethren that comes day and night. Yeah, and people say, what is Jesus doing right now? He's interceding. Yeah, yeah, he's playing, you know. It actually says it. It's covering for you, you know? You know, I, there's one verse, though, in Revelation that's very amazing, is that he says, I want you to sit on my throne with me. I know. What's up with Just that? Just as I sit on my father's oh throne with him. Oh, You must have a big laugh. <laughs> so uh, my second one is that Yeshua will do what he said he will do. So that was one of my points earlier in our little study here, is that Yeshua predicts, not predicts, he prophesies what's going to happen. You know, he prophesies his betrayal, the given over to the, the authorities, the crucifixion, and his resurrection. So when I look at that, I'm like, okay, so if he says he's going to do all these things, and then they start happening one by one in order, well, why are you so fearful? He said that, and then he's going to resurrect. So like, what's what's with the denial and all that? And the answer is obviously all of us in our flesh, right? We just you know, can barely stand. Now, another point that can be made, and I know we've been long-winded today, but uh, all of the disciples later were executed and did not deny Yeshua. That's true. That's a good point. It is a good point. Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yeah. And I, that's such a point that all of us can make because we don't deny Yeshua forever. Like he says, those that deny me will all deny before my father. All of us have denied Yeshua at some point in some way. Uh, but it is, we need to remember now that now that we have him, we can't deny him. You know what I'm saying? Like now that we know, we have the knowledge of the, the burial and resurrection. But just like he said he was going to do what he would do back then, I believe, me personally, that he also will do what he said he's going to do. He's going to come back. And there's going to be a whole lot of stuff going on that's all around that. We've been doing that for the last few weeks with Matthew 24 and all that. So why don't you pray us out? Father, we just thank you for this lesson of betrayal, the Last Supper, 
and denial. Father, we know that the fallen angels betrayed you. They lost trust. Lucifer, one-third of the angels were cast down. And so, Father, we just come before you as your creation, and you are the creator, and we just ask you to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us of all iniquity. Father, may we not betray you or one another. May we not deny you or one another. Thank you, Father, for trust. Thank you for the friendships. Thank you for building the house of Israel. Unless you build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for the season of redemption. We thank you that we are so grateful for the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world, Yeshua. We thank you for this season of redemption. We're just so appreciative of it. We thank you that you are the Gaal. You are the Redeemer, Yeshua. You are the closest relative we will ever know and we will ever have. And I just want to thank you for that, Yeshua. We just pray for your holy spirit and for the Godhead to manifest in our church, in our, in our children's lives, in our married lives, in the lives of all those that attend here or that are watching this. I just pray that you'll be full of the Godhead and, this, and it's full of his spirit and uh, you will see a change because it's not what goes into a man that follows him, it's what's coming out. So remember, you reap what you sow. Whatever you're putting in, if you're putting in junk, you're going to get junk. And so, Father, we just pray that we put in good stuff, uh, even in, in uh, living food, even in vegetables and salads and good food, Father, and plenty of water. And we just thank you, Father, for uh, what you're doing. We thank you for this biblical new year that's coming up, and we just we are excited about it. And we ask this in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you want to keep the conversation going in the comments, uh, if you're uh, if you're on YouTube or Facebook. If you are on a podcast app or something like that, please leave us a review. It helps us. You gotta review us. You know, maybe if you uh, do some reviews, maybe I'll try to go find some and maybe read That's them. That's what we need. You know, that is what we need. And uh, you can email me at ryan at jepraise.net, as I promised. Uh, if you guys want some Passover resources, uh, we can get them over to you. Just like I said, you can either call the office at eight one three six five four twenty two twenty two, or you can email me. I'll get them. All right. Bless you guys. Have a great week.